Okay, are we like starting right now? Yeah, like we're starting. Okay. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm waiting on you, dude. <laughs> hey, this is Brian. Hey, this is Amanda. And you are listening to the Pro Tips Podcast. Find your focus and level up your life using our random ramblings and pro tips to find that winning edge at life. Yay! I am super stoked about this. Let's jump right in. Like, no wasting time. Tell us okay. who you are, where you're from, and uh, how old you are, what your family's like. Like, give us a quick little rundown of stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, I am Braxton Nielsen. I am from Roosevelt, Utah, born and raised, but. Um, two years ago, I got married to the love of my life, Heather, Heather Nielsen. We have a six, we've been married for two years. We have a six month old little girl named Jada Jean Nielsen. And uh, she has been a game changer for me, for sure. Uh, oh my gosh. She's been awesome. She's grown and getting to, getting a little personality. It's been fun. And we, we moved to Spring City about Four months ago, that's where my wife is from, Spring City, Utah, and that's where we, we're settled right now. I love it. So. Awesome. Okay, so really quick, give me one of your earliest childhood memories just so that we can kind of like get a feel for who you are and where you came from. Okay, one of my... Oh, so we grew up farming and ranching. We have a little farm just outside of Roosevelt, uh, in between Roosevelt and Duchesne, it's a little town called Mighton. And my, there, my grandpa built a pond there with a swim deck. And after we got done moving hay and stuff, we'd always go and jump in the pond, cool off, kind of, you know, my tiny kid barely, you know, learning how to swim. And he has this big T post out there. And my dad would jump off it. And my dad taught me how to get up there and I couldn't quite climb it. He ended up, I mean, this sucker's, I bet you it's probably 30 to 40 feet. And as a little kid, you know, my dad's helped me climb this thing top. And I remember being so freaking scared, but made it to the top and trying to balance on this big old post that's at the of the pond. And, uh, and jumping off of it was probably, I mean, when you say first, that's probably the first memory I, I really look back at was out there in my grandpa's pond with my dad climbing this big old T-post, not T-post, it's just like a a wire line post, you know, like the big power line post that you see out there, climbing up one of those, like a bear crawling up it and (laughs) jumping off in the lake to cool, or the pond to cool off, so. So was that like one of your first adrenaline rushes you ever had in your life? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Oh, there was a lot. (laughs) Honestly, I could go on and on about childhood stories and adrenaline and, and goof i'm i'm honestly surprised that uh, i haven't had any worse wrecks or that i'm still alive to be honest oh my gosh uh, there's a lot of childhood memories we can uh, uh, listens to this i know i'd be in trouble <laughs> okay so um let's see where do we want to go okay how old were you when you when you knew that you wanted to do rodeo? When I, I've always wanted to be a cowboy. Like even when I was little, you know, we always had horses and stuff, but no one in my family ever rodeoed was considered like a rodeo cowboy. Like 
My dad played college basketball. My mom uh, danced in college. She was on the UVU drill. Well, back then it was, I don't know what college it was, the UVNC or something. Dad played basketball. My mom was a dancer. And so growing up and stuff, I, I, I mean, I always wanted to be a cowboy and I have pictures like riding horses and doing stuff, but we kind of phased out of that once I hit about junior high and we started playing sports every day. It was just basketball, football, baseball, wrestling. I did that. And in high school, um, I play basketball and football and baseball. So rodeo and I mean, I've always wanted to as a little kid, but never really, I guess, we just wasn't part of it. And so my, it was probably my sophomore year. Um, well, my freshman year, Joe Frost moved from, um, he, he, was, he grew up in Randallette and he was going over to Vernal for school, but he transferred, I guess, his freshman year to Union High School. Okay. And I met Joe Frost and he looked at me and thought I was some kind of jock. And I looked at him and thought this tight wrangler cat, you know, like, who's this guy? Well, we ended up becoming best friends. And, like, I love Joe Frost to death. And he, he is, I can my best friends. And he's the one that really made me think about going. Along that, I, I played football with, like, Ren Shard, Shard family. And yeah, those, are, they, those guys are all big into rodeo too, right? Big, yeah, big rodeo thing, you know. And so in high schools when I met them, and they kind of, they introduced me to the sport of, of actually rodeoing and taking care of horses and, and I guess getting to see the, the cowboy lifestyle from the Richard family and then Joe Frost family. So, yeah. um, how old were you when, tell us about your first time. So you, you decided to do which, which event in rodeo, which one did you decide to do? <laughs> so... My, I guess it was my senior year. I went and got on about three head of bulls at Joe Frost's house, and I got I rode the first one pretty good. I mean, it just came out in this old spinner bait, what the bull's name, one of Joe's practice bulls, and I came out and rode pretty dang good. And then they, they brought in this black bull that really, I mean, he was a real deal. And I got two jumps, landed on my back, knocked the air out of me. My pride was hurt. I said, loading back in, let's try this again. Same thing, same thing. Two jump landed on my head, <laughs> knocked me crazy. I thought, nope, I'm not going to be a bull rider. I'll stick to playing football and basketball. And then uh, I I wanted to try bareback riding and stuff, but I I never really, you know, I was committed to playing football. I had some offers to go play college basketball, and so my dad talked to me and said, man, you if you you know if you put all this time and effort into sports, you you need to do that. Don't be getting hurt playing you know road trying to rodeo you something you never done so it wasn't until actually after my mission i was planning on going playing college basketball went on an lds uh a mission for the church of jesus christ latter of saints and it wasn't until i was 22 years old that i truly decided i was gonna try bareback riding and it was i met casey field and and shat well i was working for shad field who's rather who introduced me to casey and uh, I met Casey actually for the first time up on the book clip and talked to him and he convinced me to get on a buck and horse. And that's when I full dreams and aspirations to be a rodeo 
I want to be a rodeo cowboy and rodeo athlete and, and try this bareback ride. So 22 years old is when I truly decided that's what I was going to do. I love that. Okay, so we're going to take a quick little mini break here and try to get Brian in on um, the podcast. I thought I sent him the link, awesome. but I guess not. So um, we're just going to pause for a second. Hello, Mr. Brian. Hello. How are you guys? Oh, my gosh. We're so good. Doing so good. good. Brian, it's good to, good to be on here with you, man. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm glad I made it on. When That's Amanda awesome. called me and said that we got you locked down, I was like, yes, I was so excited. And she's like, it's well, tonight. And I was on my way to rope, and I was like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm glad yeah. I made it. Um, I'm, I feel bad. I, I left Amanda high and dry, and I'm not on purpose. I promise. I just, oh, we've been busy. And so I, I'm glad that she was patient, patient with me and didn't say, freaking screw that guy. Flip. <laughs> Oh, we dick. We're, we're busy too, so we get it. You're worth yeah. the weight fraction for sure. You're absolutely worth uh, the weight. Okay, so, so Brian, quick recap. We just went through uh, Braxton's little history, and I honestly didn't know that he was 22 years old when he first started riding bareback horses. Did you know that? Um, I remember that he was older, but I didn't know. I didn't know that. So that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, it seems like i mean to be really competitive you have to get started early in your life like junior high and so it's when people start you know after high school or whatever it's like mind-blowing to me because to get to that level that you're at is like crazy that fast for sure well it goes to i feel like i had some good mentorship you know it takes i think the right kind of people and surrounding yourself with the right kind of person and the one good thing that I truly think starting later on, like I truly believe you're never too old or you're to try something new. Like you're never, too, does that make sense? Like if you, if you have the passion for do to do something, man, you might as well do it. I didn't create any bad habits at a young yes. age. That's the other thing is everything that I was developed. I felt like I was mature mentally and bareback riding is one of those sports that you lack in a mental capacity or physical capacity. My body was developed. My brain, I mean, I want to say my brain was developed. I don't know if it was. <laughs> so, you know, but You were getting on a bucking horse, so I don't know about that. But. <laughs> I know, right? And uh, that's Casey. Uh, I do. I give a lot of credit to Casey Field for believing in me, you know, when I started. Because, I, I, of course, it was totally new to me, but he seen something in me at the beginning, and he made me believe in myself. And, and uh, yeah, 22 years old is when I cracked out. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay, so just because we have kind of a wide variety of listeners. Um, yeah. We've got people from Canada. You wouldn't believe it, but we got people from India, New Zealand, Philippines, Germany, and the United Kingdom. Shout out to all of our overseas listeners. So we got to tell them who Casey Field is because they might not know. Well, he's like Jordan of rodeo. I don't. Everyone's got to know Michael Jordan, right? (laughs) But as for like Casey Field is, at least in my eyes outside and inside the arena he's a five-time world champion bareback rider 
his dad was a five-time world champion and he just has this legacy that he knows he's he's probably rides bucking horses better than anybody else has ever done it he's changed the sport he's he lives in utah he's i met him through his brother really good friend and uh casey's just the man oh my gosh that literally gave me chills because he's seriously one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. (laughs) yeah one of the most humble just genuine guys you will ever meet and it just makes it so cool yeah he's he's definitely a champion outside the arena as well okay so you're 22 years old you're into bareback riding let's Let's fast forward to the whole reason why I really wanted to get you on the podcast. Tell us about what happened in 2017. Uh, were you on your permit in 2017 still, or were you into your card yet? No, I was on my permit. I was planning. It would have been uh, my second year riding. I was still college rodeoing, um, and things. It, I was still on my permit. My plan was to buy – my my card and try to make the finals and really really go for it in 2018 um but in august august 31st so that when i was up in filer idaho i was still on my permit riding okay and what's crazy about that night is i was there taking pictures also on my prca photographer's permit so oh that's all yeah I know. So that's the trippy thing is like, that was one of my first ever PRCAs. And I remember knowing your, you and knowing your name, but I didn't know, know you. Like I knew that you rodeoed with Bodell Jessen and I was yep. good friends with Bodell. I still am good friends with Bodell and his whole family. Um, and so I knew that like, I knew you that way, but then mm-hmm. when Filer happened, I'm, I'm mad at myself because I literally just looked down at my camera and adjusted something and I heard the, the shoot open and then you have to tell us what happened after that. <laughs> uh, well, I have to real fast. You say Bodell I, and, and, and Tony Barrington. I have to just give a big shout out to them too. They're my traveling partners and really pushed me to be who I am today. It was awesome. And they were there that night as that gate opened up. Um, I was on a horse named Sozo that's been to the national finals rodeo and stuff. And I was really excited to have her, but she, she kind of, as the gate latch opened, she sat down as I nodded and called for her. the gate came open and she reared up. I mean, honestly, if you watch even the video, it happened so fast that it, it's crazy to believe that she, all her weight shifted back to the chute tacoed me and it pent it just shattered my l1 and my t12 and as she she continued to leave the shoe i lost feeling of my legs i couldn't squeeze i reached up and grabbed my hand and broke my bind and went over the top did like a front flip 180 and when i landed on the ground i mean there was no moving and i've been bucked off before and stuff you know and you try to get out of the way when I tried to get out of the way, nothing moved. I mean, it felt like the air was knocked out of me. Couldn't breathe in my legs. There was there was no feeling, no movement. Oh, my gosh. It so definitely was crazy. Hearing you describe that, that, I'm just thinking back to the – because I only literally only got two pictures of that whole thing because I 
I heard the shoot gate open and I like grabbed my camera and I brought it up and I, and as soon as she came out, I got one picture of her coming out and then one picture of you flipping off. And then I think I got one picture of you on the ground. ground. And I actually, I used those pictures. I believe I got them from you. I use them in a lot of my okay. slideshows. They're off. They're great pictures. But oh, I promise. Okay. I have better pictures of me riding. I swear. <laughs> No, but I couldn't remember if I if I said those two or not, but I'm I'm so yeah. glad I did. Okay, good. No, okay. and it's a it honestly is a I actually have the, one of the pictures of me in the dirt. Um I have it in a picture frame and it's it's pretty memorable to me just because it's like the cowboy saying, you know, when a cowboy hits the dirt, are you gonna get up and get back on or are you gonna or are you gonna stay in the dirt? And so I I, I really do love looking at that picture because it's not it's not the average picture that you look at most bareback riders have where their feet are in the main and they're leaning back, you know, but um, I really cherish that picture a lot. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for saying that because that makes You're me welcome. Feel I'm really, really, really grateful that I, I made the effort and I was actually there that night because, you know, we never know, like life um, happens all the time and we never know. And I fully believe that there are pictures out there that will never be taken unless somebody's Somebody shows up to take them is yeah. how I feel. So yeah. you're sitting in oh, the yeah. dirt. What, what was the first thing that went through your head when you're sitting in the um, dirt? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, like, actually, I remember thinking like, okay, my back's broke. I knew that like I heard when, when the horse flipped over kind of in the shoe and pinned me against the back, I heard it. I heard my back break like you heard. I mean, it's just like a shotgun went off of my ears like i remember it just boom popping and when i i remember hitting the dirt i'm still awake through all this and thinking i'm bleeding internally like something's wrong probably i, I wonder if I, that's the first thought like i'm bleeding internally something's wrong i can't i can't really breathe you know and uh, i started just waving for help and joe joe frost was actually there that night helped me pull my rig and it was pretty awesome just the people that were there and uh my rodeo coach from uh, from Twin Falls uh, College, Southern Idaho, Kelly Wardell, was there. They kind of gathered around me and was keeping me calm. I know I, I couldn't really feel any pain at the time. It's just I felt like my back was locked up and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't move. And so they were kind of talking to me, hey, you're okay, buddy. What's going on? And Joe put his hand on my back to kind of support me. And he knew, like if you asked Joe, He's like, yeah, I could feel, I knew your back was broke, man. It had a big old lump in the middle of it. And so they, they came in to get my shafts off and started taking off my boots. And that was the weirdest feeling or the weirdest thing is watching them take off my boots and not feeling my legs move. And then they started pinching my toes. They took off my socks, started pinching my toes, flicking it. And it was like a dream to me because th there was no, there was no feeling, nothing. And that was, that was so weird. And then they began to take off my shaft. So they kind of rolled me just a little bit and whatever they did when they rolled me, like just on my, to tip me on my side, they, to take my shafts off, it must've hit a nerve or something from the back of my neck, clear down like to my butt cheek, like right where my butt crack starts. It just, I felt like somebody stabbed me with a knife or hit me with a lightning bolt. I don't know how to explain, like it just shoot pain. And so that's when it was like, okay, this ain't a dream. Like this, this is real. And they gave me some medicine. They put, and they knocked me out. Joe Butler was by my side. And I remember looking at him. I, this is the last thing I remember really. 
is looking at Joe Butler's eyes and being like, hey, don't let him take me to sleep. Don't let him put me to sleep. Don't let him put me to sleep. And he said, hey, buddy, it's okay. Go to sleep. <laughs> and that's, boom. That's all I remember. They put me in the ambulance. They took me to Twin Falls, and they they seen that everything was broke, that my T12 was shattered. They flew me then. They life-flighted me to the U of U hospital where I went under a five-and-a-half-hour surgery. And the surgeon, the surgeon did an amazing job that night. Uh, there's no doubt that the hands of the Lord were with me, and uh, the power of the priesthood was there that night. And uh, yeah, thing the surgeon did an amazing job. You know, grateful for people's talents and abilities in life, and exercising their talents and abilities. Wow, Brian, do you have anything you want to ask? That just like gave me cold chills down my whole body. Same. Because I I can't even imagine going through something like that. And the thing that I told Amanda was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast so bad is at least, you know, I remember, you know, seeing the post on social media that it had happened and following, you know, going through rehab and all of that to physical therapy. And at least, I mean, all of us, we all have our, our lows where our mind is down, yeah. you know, and our heart's down. But like seeing all the posts on social media it seemed like you were always trying and always you know being positive and looking at the big picture and it it just seems like ever since it happened I'm sure you had your rough days and you know whatnot but it seemed like you never there was never a point that you were giving up and so that was just always really inspiring to me you know being able to watch it from afar I appreciate that a lot I mean that means a lot because like like you say there are I, there are the hard times and there's still the hard times today. You know, I still have effects from it. And I think everybody I've learned through this experience. One thing that I've learned is that everybody is battling something. Someone, everyone has their, like you just said, their low times and we're all battling this thing called life. Yeah. And, I, and, and yeah. So what <laughs> on, in those low times, kind of what, what was going through your mind to keep you going and keep you positive and striving to, you know, go through physical therapy and all of that? It, you know, the, I, don't, I guess I haven't talked and I'll be straight honest. I haven't talked about the low times as much. And I got asked the other day by somebody like, like, man, you're kind of, it was one of the good friend. They were just kind of giving me a hard time about faking it. You know, like you were just always positive, dude, you had to be down. And I was down. There was a lot of, I mean, how your my dreams of becoming a world champion just got taken from me, you know? Yeah. And so them first, I won't lie, four days, the first four days when I found out that, like, my legs were taken, I had that 5% chance to ever walk. The way that horse squished me, it broke the T12, dislocated my L1, twisted my spinal cord to 180 and pinched it severely. And the doctors, they did. They told my mom and dad and me that, Hey, Braxton's going to be wheelchair bound. Um, you guys are going to have to redo your house. You're going to have to redo a lot of things with driving, um, getting around in a wheelchair. Like they started going and hearing that. I'm, I, I'm, it's like a dream the way I felt, but I do. I, I remember feeling like someone just popped my balloon, like feeling defeated. I didn't, you know, I really didn't know if I was going to make it the fifth day. Like I was, done and and this is i'm not trying to bring you know i am a spiritual person and i believe and i'm not there's more detail to it but the lord loves effort and i learned this 
one night in the hospital because I didn't want to talk to my dad. My dad was trying to be very positive and he, and I'm grateful for that. The nurses were awesome trying to be very positive in my mind. I was just like, get out of my room. Like, I don't want this. This isn't me. And, uh, I finally had a, probably the deepest sincere prayer, um, at, at 11 30, 12 o'clock at night out loud by myself in my, in my hospital bed. And to be honest, I've never felt more loved in my life after this prayer. And, uh, my eyes were open to a bigger purpose in life and that life had a different meaning after this experience of love. And I, I mean, I don't have to get hung up so much on that experience, but what I, what I felt is the love and the support for my savior and that I needed to do my part and it was going to be okay. And the Lord loves effort. And I can testify that's true. Like, you know, he cares about what we have going in our lives and he has a plan and it's, it sometimes we don't understand it, but if we all give our absolute best effort, it'll be rewarded and it'll be paid off. And so that's how I kept myself positive after that day was like, Hey, Braxton, you can give a little bit extra today. And we'd go down to rehab and it wouldn't go. I'd crap my pants or bowels, you know, something that I couldn't control. And so what I had to learn to do is not focus on the things that I can't control, but focus on what I can control. Because our minds, our minds can only have one thought in them at a time. And it's either negative thought or positive thought. There's no like gray. And so you have to be able to push that negative thought out with a positive and control what you can focus on what you can control. And that's how I got through a lot of the, the therapy days. We've actually said that a lot on the podcast, right, Brian, that when you, when you're presented with situations that are out of your control, start looking at what you can control. And that are that's the thoughts you think and your reactions to the things that you're presented with. Right. Exactly. Yep. Oh my gosh. That is like, yeah. Oh, that that's amazing. Like well, yeah. You look at like, I started studying a lot of athletes like that were, um, well, like Casey field to even, uh, people that were in the special Olympics and with disabilities. And I called a couple of my friends and, uh, Briggs Madsen to close friends and would talk to them and they would say that same thing. Control your mind. If you can control your mind, you can control the outcome. You know what I mean? And so it's not just a yeah, like you guys, I know you guys have talked about it. You guys have done it yourselves. And so it is, it's a key to success. It's the mind. Yes. Your thoughts, you think, and the words you speak to yourself. And okay, so when was your, when did you, did you ever have an aha moment? Like, okay, you know what? Like, like we're doing the thing. Like I can get through this. I can make it through the other side of this. Like when did you have like a specific moment or was it just, as like a bunch of moments put together where you're just like, no, you know what? Like we're good. No, no it was a bunch of moments. I don't know if it was like an estimate. Like I can't think or recall of a specific moment where it was like, I'm doing this. It was just kind of one of those deals where like we'd talk and I would give my very best. I had a 5% chance. So it was, you know, my dad helped me a lot. My therapist, I was blessed with an amazing therapist, Emily. She was, she was so awesome. They would keep me going and, and another uh, occupational therapist, Thomas, that really pushed pushed me hard. 
And that's the big thing too, is I had that support group that never let, when I felt like I couldn't do it, they would reamp my battery. They'd refill my charge and be like, nope, you're going to do it, buddy. You set the goal to walk and like, let's do it. But it was, it was kind of one of those things that little by little, I seen a little change, whether it was mentally or, or even like a little twitch or, and it was like, oh, that's my sign to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep and if I don't, I'm going to be one damn good Olympian. Like I was going to make the Special Olympics. Like in my mind, whether I walked again or not, I was going to do something cool and I was going to do something amazing. Like, and that may, I don't try to say that cocky or, you know, old no. arrogant, that I was just going to be someone amazing with the opportunity given. That was yeah, in my it mind. Com- it comes down to believing in yourself, believing in your abilities yeah. and taking what you have and doing what you can with it and yeah, building and- on it. It's like building a house. You have to start at the bottom and just start, keep building, building, building until you get to where you want to go. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I like that. Oh building a foundation. I yeah, love it. That's so good. Cause I mean, so, I mean, Brian and I have like mentioned on the podcast before that there's always been, I feel like everybody goes through certain things in their lives where they have a choice to either stay where they are or they can keep moving forward yeah. and work their way through it. And it's like that song, when you're going through hell, you just got to keep going, right? Keep like you on going. Don't slow down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and it's like you have the choice. You know, when you hit rock bottom, it's like there's nowhere else to go. But just wow. you can either just get back, get back there's... up and start climbing, you know, yeah. or stay I love there. that. Like, yeah. Well, so, I mean, because, yeah. <laughs> well, I just, like you're saying, hitting rock bottom, like when you sink, you, if you sink all the way to the bottom of the lake, you'll finally hit the bottom and then you can push off. You know, you gotta, you, you gotta sink so low before you hit the bottom where you can actually push and start that foundation. So, yeah. That's a perfect analogy. I love that because you're absolutely right. Did you have something, Brian? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it was basically along along the lines of what Braxton said, like when people say they've hit rock bottom and they don't have anywhere else to go, the only place to go is back up. And yeah. so I feel like, you know, if if you've hit rock bottom, guess what? Congratulations, because the literal only place you can go is right back up. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's... I mean, that quote that says, you know, every setback makes for like, a bigger comeback or whatever you know there's yeah yeah i mean super cliche and i know rodeo cowboys use it all the time but it's like it's a thing like when you decide like i'm making my comeback and i'm coming back bigger and better than ever then you follow through because that's just what you guys do and it definitely i won't i mean it's definitely easier said than done and it's not easy and people going through that stage of their uh, and I've been there at rock bottom, you feel like you've gone like I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to sink, but I promise there'll be a day you, you can't give up. There's going to be a day, just maybe one little thing that will give you that little push off. And it's, it's hard, but I promise you it's going to happen if you allow it. And just not you know? quit. Like you can't no. quit. no, and it's the little things. It's the little process. You have to enjoy the process. That's one thing like with learning going down there. I was in the, I was in the hospital for two and a half months. 
every day waking up at seven o'clock and, and going through this routine. I hated it. I truly hated it, but it, we, the process I started, I don't know how to say this cause I started to enjoy the process, even though I hated it, I started to enjoy it because of the little progress that was made. And I didn't see it right away. It took me probably a month before I was like, Hey, you know what? Like this process is cool. This process, I'm learning who I really am. I'm learning about other people. And then you start to enjoy the process of, of failing, the process of regrowing, and it's well worth it. It, it, it. It's hard to see it right now while you're going through it. But at the end, oh, it's, it's like a painting that just unfolds. It's a masterpiece, and it's pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. See, I love that quote, too. Like, I love that. <laughs> a painting. And I feel like it shows you how strong you really are. I said something on the last podcast that, that I really kind of embraced within the last year that you have survived a hundred percent of your worst days Yeah. and whatever is going to happen in the future, whatever you're going through right now, like you will survive, survive that. So Tell me what, what is it like to look back on this whole journey? Cause it's been like, what, three years, four years. Uh, it'll be four years. August 31st, 2017 was when the accident happened. So we're coming up on four years. Okay. So tell us what it's like to look back on the last four years and realize that you've overcome all of this. And I get it. I know that you're probably still in the process of overcoming a lot, but I mean, look yeah. at just the road that you've taken. How does it feel to get from there to where you are now? It's a, uh, before the podcast, when you kind of, I know we were talking and I knew I was going to be on here. I start reflecting, I guess. And it's very humbling. The, the biggest thing that I can think is just it. It's humbling. And I don't understand why I know it's going to sound weird and cliche maybe, or I don't know, but I don't understand why I get the opportunity. And that's how I look at it. Like it's been so, it's been so humbling going through this experience of highs and lows and growth and, um, meeting my new, well, meeting my wife and meeting my, having my new little girl and to looking back and thinking, man, all I want to do is world champion cowboy, the, be the next Casey Phil to all of a sudden mean my priorities in life has a different meaning as well because of this accident. I'm grateful for it. I'm very, very grateful and humbled to look back and think, man, the the progress that I've been able to been given and and I don't understand. Life's not fair. And I don't understand why we all like I wish I don't know. I I, I have really close friends that have the same accident and well, not saying, but similar accidents and stuff. And some of their stuff hasn't came, come back. And I, I, it hurts. It hurts because I want that for them. And I know what they're going through and I know the struggle of it. And I still have my struggles, but I'm very humble for what, you know, the effort and, and people have given me the motivation. People have given me to just to create and, and finish my own painting, my own story. Oh my gosh, that's so great. So yeah, that was another question is if you've worked with anyone currently going through what you went through. So you do have friends that, that have had similar accidents? Yeah, really. Well, close friends, 
uh, one is J.R. Rosane. It happened like a year after my accident, pretty close this uh, year mark. And, and it's, you know, J.R. might not look at it like this, but man, he, that guy was a blessing for me because I was right up, you know, uh, after my year mark and I was kind of in a limbo where I got really, I got a lot of problems. I was lacking a lot of muscle. And I guess my try like I kind of started, I started to become settled with myself. Like, okay, maybe this is as much as I'm going to get. Well, that accident happened to Jr. He broke his back and was paralyzed. And and watching him fight, being not being me, but being able to be the out guy looking in, it reamped my fire, remotivated me, and I'm very grateful for Jr. And then uh, we've stayed in contact, and I think helped each other a lot. And then. Uh, Last year, I had a close friend, Shad Field, Casey Field's brother, actually. Um, uh, he's He lives just not too far from my house. Grew up, I grew up with, I mean, working for him, knew him really well, and he got in a plane accident and is currently, I mean, he's walking and doing good. He has to wear braces, and he's going through the same, um, like the same pattern, the same struggles that I was going through, and definitely different you know i think everybody's challenges are different but we have he's helped push me to get to where i am like it's just watching their guy them guys and their fight has motivated me and i hope somewhere along the line that i've helped them but i know they definitely have helped me that's outstanding you just answered my next question what inspires you but you probably <laughs> pretty much just answered that with those two examples right there um so tell us oh, yeah. uh where you are now as far as like your physical abilities just because um for those people that might not know you and might not know of you or uh, don't follow you on social media or anything like that and don't know where you're at these days tell us what yeah. your physical capabilities are and how you're doing I'm freaking unstoppable. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Max. Let's be honest no, here. No, let's be honest. Like, like Braxton, kind of a rock star, you guys. No, no, right mental though. I in my mind, I truly, I do. I feel like I could do anything, but I do. I, I, my body's different, so I do. I have two. Just, I have two rods, uh, eight screws, six ver- fused vertebrae. So my bending and flexibility is definitely a, a, a lot different. Uh, my walking, you have a thing called a gait. Like when you walk, my steps are very different. I, I don't have a lot of calf muscle. Um, I, my, my, when I walk, I'm really flat-footed. I'm able to get around. I've been like I, even though I look like a, I, I look weird. Like the other day, I was playing softball. And I hit the ball, and I was running to first. And then uh, they overthrew, so I took off trying to run to second. And when I say take off, it's like it looks like I'm dragging, a, like really dragging a plow. But you hear a kid, <laughs> you hear a kid from the stands that says, Mom, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's laughing, you know, because at my hometown, a lot of people, I mean, I have a lot of support. A lot of people know my deal, but everyone starts laughing, you know, and anyways afterwards i got to meet the little kid and my story but i do i run so goofy like look like i have noodle legs but somehow they work you know they run i still don't have feeling in my left leg very well oh, wow. um 
my right leg, it's like it have feeling. I can feel pressure. I can feel like uh, hot and cold on my right leg. It's still kind of asleep. Like if you have a dead arm, it's on my leg. So right leg's a little better than my left. This is something crazy, and I don't know how much. I mean, am I open to talk on this podcast? Like, do you want me to be yeah. totally honest and things? Yeah. Because I didn't know if I was going to be able to have kids. Oh wow! And uh, like, I mean, it just to be able to have the sexual organs that work right that it's a muscle and that muscle was it was hard to get to function and luckily with you know honestly viagra special other things i i'm able to get that to function and of course i had a baby girl and That's that was pretty it's kind of crazy i won't lie walking up at a i'm, I'm you know i was 20 25 26 26 years old walking up to get a thing of viagra the lady looks at you like, what in the world, buddy? <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's like, been humbling. I'm just like, Hey, if you only knew, all right. Gosh. But it's been a, it's been a humbling experience that way too, with me and my wife. And, um, it's taught me how to love in different, different ways. And that's the thing I, I think physically, there's, there's always, there's always a way to do things. And I, I, it's just, are you willing to try? And that's where my legs, like I try basketball once a week. And I mean, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the tallest, but there's not going to be anybody at a pickup game that is going to outwork me as far wow. as right, you know, riding and roping. Sometimes when I'm roping, it's hard, like, if I rope two feet, well, if I throw my rope, it's not, I need to go get some, I need to come and get some lessons. <laughs> I need to do. Hey, Brian. But it's hard for me hey, to come on up. Yeah, Brian, Brian, I need to rope with you, man. I, Anytime. But, like, like, it's just hard, it's harder for me. I don't want to say harder. It's different for me than what I used to be. But I'm willing to give the effort to find a new way. And so I still have to actually self cath I uh, have to do a bowel treatment every two days and self-cath every time. So my body's a little messed up. Got a little scars, but everybody's has their scars and everybody has their issues, you know? So I'm no, I'm no different than anybody else. Yeah. Well, and I feel like through all of that, I mean, basically what I heard is you're really good at adapting to situations. And I think if you can adapt in any situation in life, I mean, mm. whether it's going to be in the competition arena or in your mm -hmm. everyday life, you're going to be really successful because God's going to throw curveballs to all of us and mm. we're never going to be ready for them. And so mm. if we can just adapt to what's happening and carry on, then that's when success is going to happen. I love that. Mm -hmm. And you're totally right. Absolutely right. Brian, do you have any other questions? Um, I just have a couple of random ones. Yeah. No. Okay. So I know just from what I've heard, it seems like you're a pretty spiritual person. And so I was wondering if you had a favorite scripture, Bible verse, anything like that you, that you wanted to share. Um, mine's it's in the book of Mormon. Uh, but it's either 1227. It says if it, 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 it's him, or Christ talking to us about weaknesses. It says, see if I can memorize it. It says, if 
I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. For if men will humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then I will make weak things become strong unto them. So if we have faith in our Heavenly Father, our Savior, and we can have enough pride to be humble, well, not lose our pride and become humble and take our weak things to him, he'll make our weak things become strong. And I, I, I look at that very frequently. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a good one. That is a really good one. That's okay, I have one more question. Yeah. Um, if you have any favorite books, I don't know how into like the the sports psychology type book, self help, anything like that. If you like the favorites that you'd recommend, um, to be honest, I have I'm so bad at reading books, but I listen. I listen to a lot of motivational speakers, like okay. more than anything, more than reading. And I, I need to do better. That's one thing. Actually, I have a goal board and it's to read a book every six months. And I, I need to really start on that. But uh, like I get up every morning. I, I do. I, before I get in the shower or on my way to work, I listen to uh, um, a bunch of inspirational. Like I like listening to Conor McGregor. And even though some, I know some people don't like him, but man, that guy, his mindset is amazing. I like listening to some of his talks. Um, I listen to uh, E.T., Eric Thomas a lot. I love listening to him. Inky Johnson uh, is another great guy that just inspires me. Um, So, yeah, I I do more of that. Like I like listening to motivational talks and motivational speeches. Just 10-minute deals to 20-minute deals, and I really – I'll go into my work like I've been excavating lately and I go into my work uh, based off of what they kind of say something in there will motivate me. And I work on being a better person towards that motivation goal that I, I, I get from their speech Yeah, that day. That's awesome. I, I love those, those kind of talks and I'm not a big reader either. And so I love the audiobooks. So if you can if you can stay focused when you're listening to an audiobook, I definitely recommend those. That's what I need to do. I need to get into the audiobooks actually a lot. Yeah, they're awesome. Okay, so Braxton, so one question I got from my friend Matt, avid listener of the podcast. Shout out to Matt in Rock Springs. What up, Matt? Not, not Rock Springs, sorry. Colorado, Colorado Springs. Springs. Colorado Springs. Um so he said rodeo is a tough sport and you could be doing anything with your life. So why are you choosing rodeo and why is that your focus? <laughs> that's such a, that's a good question. Because I've never had anything like my soul on fire like rodeo. Oh my gosh. Not just, and it's not just the ride. Like the, the, there is the ride itself is amazing. Like there's nothing else and there's, life besides maybe getting down on one knee and asking my wife to marry me that lit my soul on fire like that first adrenaline rush or even the just i don't know i don't honestly don't know how to explain i know it sounds it's 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 it was life-changing for me i guess is why i i chase after that rodeo has changed my life not only by the sport but the people and the influences that i've i've met and has had helped me has changed my perspective on life. And so that's why I chase it still is that it's my, it's a love. It's something that's burning inside me 24 seven. I mean, you ask my wife and 
my little girl, they're definitely my number one priority, but I mean, and I love, I love it. Rodeo definitely gets in your blood because, you know, for me growing up, I lived in town. I didn't even learn how to ride my first horse until I was 15. Um, I did high school rodeo kind of as like an anchor to keep me in high school so that I would at least graduate high school. I mean, I didn't do good in high school rodeo, like at all, you know, but I had a lot of fun. And then I went to college and started doing the photography and my professors saw that I really enjoyed like the rodeo aspect of it. And then when I came home, I noticed there was a demand for that. And it just, you're totally right when it comes to the people and just, the it's a it's almost like it's a family you know the rodeo it is you know so um what keeps you motivated to keep to keep chasing that i you know i i (laughs) to be straight honest i get asked all the time like are you gonna get back on why would you want to get back on like you're stupid to get back on and i I, recently i i've quit telling anybody like i'm gonna get on I told my wife, me and my wife know I am and things. And I was able to get on a bareback horse. Uh, after four years, uh, we worked it out with Circle J Rodeo where they, they got me a little practice horse that I knew that was comfortable. And uh, I was able to nod my head and come out of the buck and shoot, made the ride, got off on the pickup, man. And I, after getting off, I keep, I even ask myself, like, how come you do this? Like, why? Like, why do you want to do it? I look myself in the mirror. Why do you want to do it? It's just, I don't know what else to say besides it's a part of who I am. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know. It's just something that lives inside of me. I saw the video on your Instagram where you got on, and it it hit me in all the feels, especially because, <laughs> you know, the last time I got, I saw you get on, yeah. you, know, you were, like, laying in the dirt. So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. For me, it's just, it's so inspirational to watch. Like, I remember watching you do your workouts and rehab and just, you know, with the, with the brace, like the harness around your waist, like to help you stand up. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, what, like, what went through your head when you were kind of doing that stuff? Were Were you just like, I was getting back home. When I was to that stage, it was like, I can do it. And, and to be honest, I've never, when I got, there was a certain point, like when I was at NeuroWorks, uh, it's probably about a year after my accident where I could start building a little muscle. I was like, not only am I going to walk again, I am getting back on. And, uh, it's, it's been a drive. It's what's kept me working out. It's what's kept me going. And And to be a, yeah. It's like a burning desire that's been in your heart and in your yeah. head basically well, since they picked you up off the floor at Filer. Yeah. No, it really, it really has. It, it, it really has. And I guess if I could leave just a, a if whoever listening, if you got, you know, with people listening, don't let anyone ever tell you, you can't do anything. My biggest thing, and I get, I'm really passionate about it, very passionate about it is when when people don't believe in themselves like there's something you guys are something amazing you're something unique 
you have the potential to do whatever it is you want to do. And people are going to shut you down along the way. They're going to tell you how stupid your idea is. They're going to tell you that, no, you're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. That why would you want to chase that when you're going to wreck everything that you've just, you, you just built. And to me, it's like, man, them people that are doing that don't understand what it's like to have true success or they don't have the vision and they, they limit themselves and you guys don't allow yourself to believe in that self-doubt. Rise above and be that amazing person that God has put you on this earth to be. That's my biggest, like, I hope everybody will know that they do have something special inside them. They do have the potential to do it. Just believe in it more than anything in the world. Oh, my gosh. I don't know about you, Brian, but I'm about to start crying. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Oh, and, oh I love well, I, I mean, it ain't. It, it's real. It's not just like it's not just words. Like I, I guess it's it's true. It's it. You can do it. You I, know? Yeah. I I feel you, and I. It's so funny because you say you know believe in yourself. Well, on my vision board in my room, one of the first things I see every day when I get up is I've got this 11 by 14 bright orange piece of paper that says NFR photographer 2021. And right above it, it it says, never believe in anything more than yourself. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Like every single day I look at that and that's, that's my focus for the year is, and I just remi- remind myself over and over and over again, never believe in anything more than you believe in yourself. And yeah. if you don't believe in you, then who else you can't, you know, nobody else is going to believe in you either. Yeah. And I love how you brought up the fact that the people that are the naysayers that are the Debbie downers that are the ones trying to discourage you. Those are the ones that are the lacking the vision. Those are the ones that can't see the bigger picture that are stuck in that lack mentality in that this is where I'm at and this is how it is. And I can't do anything to change it. Mm-hmm. That's crap. Like mm-hmm. you are a hundred percent responsible for your life and for every, every situation that you're presented with, you can either let it help you grow or you can let it like break you yeah. down and you oh, have definitely. the choice to decide mm-hmm. which direction you want to go. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. So good. Okay. So what's next? What are your plans? Where are we where are we going next? Where we set it. So this will be the first, right? If I guess if you uh Conor McGregor said it, believe like if you'll present it to the universe, it's gonna happen. It will come true, right? And I haven't told anybody besides my wife this. So this will be like the first announcement, I guess. Breaking news, everybody. Breaking news, right? <laughs> Volume up. <laughs> listen close this so saturday it will be what august 7th august yes. 7th i just entered my first rodeo uh in santa quinn utah and uh yeah i'm entered up we're gonna get on a bareback course and it'll be dang near four years from when it happened but we are we're we're entered and we're ready to rock and roll i and promise you i have some revenge it. and then spurs <laughs> for a horse <laughs> oh my god so yeah so excited yeah that makes me even more excited because i'm entered that night too so i will be there to see this in <laughs> yes. person Get a oh, video, oh i for oh, sure will man brian dude you've been roping good man thank you been, you've been hard at it it's it, it it's been a pleasure to get to meet both of you honestly and and to see 
one, both of your accomplishments and, you know, you surround yourself with greatness. You can't help but become great. So I, I really appreciate your guys' example and what you're doing with this podcast and, and in life itself. So it's pretty awesome. Oh my awesome. gosh. Thank you so much, Braxton. That means so much. You have no idea. Um, yes. Thank you very much. So, so do you think you'll ever get on PRCA again? Like so it, Santa, Santa Quinn's uh, are in PRA, right? Yep, it is. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, so when I first started rodeo and Casey Field and me talked and he said, Braxton, if, like, if you're not 100% committed and you're not going to, if you're going to, you know, you, you your plan is to make Vegas, to go to the NFR. If it's not that, then don't waste your time doing it. And so I think realistically and it being real with myself like that is my vision. I'd like to, I would, I would like to be able to try and give it one shot, but I guess I need to see, and this maybe I don't want it to contradict, but to being real with myself, my wife, my little girl and my body, how it's different to see how it holds up Saturday. And, uh, like I've been on a couple bucking horses, but being able to, I think it's going to take the right horse, the right opportunity. So I would love to, I'd love to get back in the PRCA. I plan to, I have goals to, but it's just, uh, the risks and so that's i guess to stay continued I guess right the best way to say that well and i i appreciate the fact that you're like okay i have this bigger vision but i also have to be realistic about where i'm at and what my priorities are and for you it's yeah. your wife and your your baby yeah you know and yeah. for me that's that's huge you know because yeah. you're saying you're saying yeah like i know i can do it but i also actually have to be for real and just take into account all these other things that are falling into yeah. the equation that could yeah. possibly, you know, things go in effect. Yeah. 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 So, but oh my gosh. Yeah. My, my wife, Heather, my little girl, Jada, they're my main priority. And if I could, if I can support them in the PRC level, cause you got, I mean, PRC Cowboys, they, it's not, it's a full-time job like for them guys, you know? Yes. And so if I can go and support my family and be healthy, then of course I would. But if because of my body and my things that I, if I can't support them, then I've got other goals and aspirations too, you know? Right. So as far as like what would maybe being like a team roper, like a PRCA team roper, would that be Oh, it's in the, it's in the plans. That's uh that's where I'm talking other goals and aspirations, but I've got a, yep. I'm working at it. I'm in the process of working at it. So are you <laughs> it's a header? Take a lot of work. Are you a header well, or a healer? I've been healing mostly. Hey, Brian, um, I found your That's healer. perfect. Cause I'm a header. Okay. <laughs> let's Brian. We need to start entering some of these suckers, you know, I'm down. <laughs> That's right. what I always tell everyone. Hey, if there's a rope and I'm probably entered. Yeah. Go. Which, which has been fun. He, healing has been a really good thing to keep me involved in the rodeo. And there's different, like I said, there's always different ways. It's just, are you willing to try them? Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone? And I wasn't that good of a roper, but I pulled myself close to the Richards and they've helped me. And I'm going to the world series. I'm qualified in the number 11 with a great header and hopefully things turn out good there in Vegas this year. So in some aspect I have met one of my goals of making it to Vegas, just 
in the team are open and at the at the South Point, not the Thomas and Mack Center. <laughs> so it's one thing that I work with Brian a lot, you know, I'm kind of his uh, informal life coach. Get very specific about your goals. Like yeah. you can't just say team rope in Vegas, but yep. team rope, team rope in Vegas at the Thomas and Mack Center, you know, 10 rounds of the NFR or whatever. But you got to get super specific about the goals because yeah. God and the universe are listening and they're like, okay, he said Vegas. So we got him to Vegas. So there you go. Well, I, I like, so here we go. This is what I'm going to leave them to is Saturday night. So this game's specific, August 7th, Santa Queen, Utah. I'm riding eight seconds. I'm going to be number one spot on my first horseback. All right. Declare it. It's done. It's finished. And we're going to drop this episode Thursday morning on July, or sorry, August 5th. We're going to drop it Thursday morning so that everybody can hear you declare that. I'm super excited. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Oh, crap. Did I lose you guys? <laughs> no, I'm still here. Are you here? I'm, I'm here. here. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I lost oh, you for a second. I, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> so I just said that we're... Uh, I'm going to, let's see, it's Monday. Yeah, I'm going to publish this episode on August 5th, Thursday. So okay. everybody can hear that you declared how Santa Quinn's going to end up. Okay. So, okay. Well, but with that, I mean, we're 63 minutes in. So, Brian, is there anything else you want to ask him? No, I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on and being a big inspiration to everyone that you know, has followed you. And I think that you've impacted a lot of lives that you might not even know. So I just want to commend you for that and wish you the best of luck this weekend. And we'll see you there. Hey, I appreciate it. You guys a bunch and, you know, if it's any way I can give back and I hope that, yeah, I hope there's opportunity to, to meet you guys in person and do it again, I guess this weekend. And yeah. Yep. So really quick, Braxton, tell people where they can find you on social media. Um, if people listening would like to uh, see more of the story and, and even message me, talk to me on Instagram, it's Braxton Nielsen. It's B-R-A-X-T-E-N dot N-I-E-L-S-E-N is, is my Instagram. Facebook is Braxton Nielsen. Um, yeah, I love it. We've, I, I've been doing some motivational speaking. If there's ever an opportunity where I can come and, and help any kind of program or, or, or business or whatever it may be, whatever I can help with, please just let me know. I love to do, love to do it. Oh my gosh. Well, we absolutely appreciate you. And I, I, I can't, I have no words like, and that's hard for me, but I mean, just your whole story and hearing all of it from start to finish. It just, it really, it really humbles me. And I'm super grateful that you took the chance to come on the podcast tonight. So thank you so much. Well, it's not over yet, baby. <laughs> huh? It started. It started. Thank you guys. You bet. You guys have a great night. Thank we'll talk you. to y'all later. See ya. Oh, bye. Sounds great. We'll talk to y'all. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed episode six of the Pro Tips podcast with Brian and Amanda featuring our special guest Braxton Nielsen. One thing I did forget to mention was we now have an official Instagram page. 
You can find us on the gram at pro underscore tips underscore podcast. So head on over to Instagram, give us a like and a follow, and we'll see you at the next one. Have a great night.